Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Water Forum with myself, Brigitte Limbenda. This evening, we are going to take a look at water disputes with the city of Cape Town and the role of the Ombudsman. And so welcome to the broadcast, Jason. Um, good to have you this evening. Thank you. Jason, so your story or your experience with the city of Cape Town um, is an interesting one. And it's not just about having a gripe with the city of Cape Town. Um, your story is important because I believe that you're possibly not the only person that's had this kind of experience um, with the city of Cape Town. We are still in a water crisis. Uh, the crisis has by no means gone away, and if anything, the crisis is going to escalate. And so we always need to be conscious of um, of our water usage, and so and it affects us on a very personal level. So the reason why your story is important is it's not just about a gripe. It's about something that uh, has happened, something that you've got documentation for, um, it's very factual. And I wanted to cover the story because I think there are other people out there that may have had similar experience and they don't know how to move forward. Your story is unique because um, you knew exactly what to do. But before we get there, can you briefly tell us what your experience has been, what, what happened to you? Okay, so um, it sounds like a very normal case. They've decided to move the water meters from inside the property to outside the property so they can better access them. Having said that, I've never not given them data. I had the online application you know, open and every month I would submit the data for the water meter. And I understand that that needs to be audited, especially with the water crisis. But what, um, what happened was they just arrived one day. So it wasn't an engagement with me. They said, we're here to move the water meter. And I said, well, fair enough. And they moved it from, as I said, inside the property to outside onto the sidewalk of the road I live in. And um, I thought that was pretty, you know, obvious. That was that was over. And then six weeks later, I got my first water bill, which was double the the normal one. And I thought, well, maybe you know, there wasn't on the day. Maybe they they messed up with some water. And then I went outside and I actually looked because I'm not walking on the streets. I'm not interacting with that meter anymore. When I go into the street, I notice it's water the city of Cape Town and I let them know and I do it through the online system. Johan, welcome back. Again, if you've just joined us now, we are talking about what to do when you have a water dispute with the city of Cape Town. In this case, faulty meters. And faulty meters is something that we've been dealing with for a very long time. In fact, it's it's because it's it's one of it's been a hot topic for a long time um, because many people have had issues with water meters. And I know that they've sorted it out mostly. But what if you had an issue where you had to pay the city of Cape Town? Um, money which you didn't have to what do you do then johan you're back and your signal looks better now yes let's hope okay apologies for this so uh let me just quickly go back to um i i immediately contacted the city of cape town to say look there's a water problem there's water gushing out they um said they were going to come 
three days later, nothing happened. A week later, nothing happened. And I contacted them again to say, please, you know, we've got a serious amount of water gushing out onto the streets. And they said, we've sent someone, but there's no problem. And I was like, I, I don't believe you sent someone because if you'd sent someone, you would have seen the problem. It's not Jason's fictitious mind. Does that make sense? It's actual evidence of water running into the streets. And then I had to log a new claim and a new 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 dispute with them. And how long um, did that take? Only... So from the beginning, so this started on the 26th of November. It was only fixed on the 10th of December. That's 14 days. And I just want to let you know, just so they be aware, 8,461 rands worth of water wasted. Not a little amount of water. Um, so, no, so we can start for, for to sure. see the challenges. Yeah, and and Look, I, I totally believe you because you know I there were there were a number of cases that I reported myself on behalf of people, and um, and I know that from my own personal experience, it's often taken, I don't know, sometimes ten times of reporting a water leak and then they'll say we sent someone out and the problem just carries on months later the water is still leaking so i know that this has happened and, and i'm just one of those people i used to i don't work anymore because of health challenges but when i used to i was involved of audits of data and audits of of people's information and evidence provided and so i know all about evidence i took photos i took videos and I supplied them to the city of Cape Town to say, look, just understand this is what's going on. So it's not a case of not knowing or not believing. Does that make sense? You've actually got the evidence to see what's happening. And it was only once I went to Twitter that they even responded. And I must say the city of Cape Town Twitter people are amazing because they responded they immediately. Yeah. They are, I must say, um, I, as a general rule, um, I, I have found in my experience that when you tried to bring a problem to their attention on their Facebook account, um, I have seen so many people get frustrated because they give you a typical copy-paste response all the mm. time on Facebook. People even complain about the copy-paste kind of response that you get from the city of Cape Town. But I must say, I have also found that the response on Twitter has been so much better. In fact, it's better than trying to make a call to them. <laughs> I've had a better response more. on Twitter. Yep. We're on the same page. And, and the thing was engagement. I got someone to come out and look at the water. That was what I found remarkable. Yeah, and, and there was a problem, and they signed a form to say there is a problem. A signed form. So it's not. It's not. So what subjective. happened? So what happened then? So I imagine then I'm going to get a credit uh, for the money I had originally paid. Up to that point, I paid five thousand rand, and um, I contacted accounts. I contacted uh, the water department, and then I got the bill at the end of the month. 8,000 Rand more. And I was now very confused because, you know, they should be crediting, not adding money on. So, so I Jason, contacted the account. Just for clarity, so you initially mm. were billed 5,000 Rand for water that essentially was wasted through no fault of yours. 
And then at the end of the month, was that an additional 8,000 Rand that you were billed? So it, it was the, the next bill came. So the first one came in at five, the next one at nine. Okay. And so, I mean, it was, it's triple what I, what I would ever spend in a month. And um, I was very confused. I, I contacted accounts and they said, well, we've been through all of your responses and there doesn't seem to be a problem. After I had given them the actual evidence of that letter, where the city of Cape Town's people from the water department had come in to actually do this. So I was left no, no opportunity because they said, you must respond. Um, and that was the last opportunity I had. And that's when I took it to the ombud. And I'm all about fairness and I'm all about an ombud. But now I wanna ask a quick question and I'm not, being, I'm not being arrogant here. What would you suggest an ombud is? What is its role? Well, I'm, I'm not an expert. This is not my forte, you know, as in you, but an ombudsman would be um, a body of people or a person that is completely independent. Um, they have no relationship with the complainant and they have no relationship with the um, the body against who the complaint is being taken. So there has to be no relationship between either party. And then once they've been able to establish that there is a, a case, um, they should be able to take action. Um, in other words, they should have teeth to enforce whatever the finding is thereafter. Well, um, thank you for saying that because you spot on. I'm going to quickly just read, if you don't mind. It's served sure. as a catalyst between the administration and its customers and as a neutral third party that represents the interests and rights of the city's customers by holding civil servants accountable to the people. Now, that sounds great. That sounds really great. Um, but there's a difference between what something sounds and how it's practiced. So I submitted all of this in February and I got a... Interestingly enough, just after I'd submitted it, I got a, you're going to cut your water off unless you pay the 9,000 Rand letter delivered to my house. I then contacted the ombud and I said, look, this is what's happening. And their initial response was already what confused me. They were, well, pay it. I said, okay, so they said, well, we can't look at your, your case right now. So we've only, you must wait three months and pay it. I mean, I just have to break it to most people, but an ombud starts to interact if there is a case and they might not be able to review the evidence, but they could say to the accounts department, until we've reviewed this, please don't cut off the power. Don't cut off the water. That's the basics. That makes, of an that makes sense, yeah. No, not doing anything of the kind. I was told pay or we cut off today. That was, a, it was as simple as that. And in the ombuds office, what I think frustrated me the most, I went there absolutely frustrated. And they were like, pay. That was the answer. I the ombuds told one. you to pay? Yes. Yes, they told me to pay. Go down and pay. I think therein lies our first problem. Uh, so in actual fact, you're not possibly independent and you're not acting for people. If you're saying that a city can get away with doing things, if you have put forward a case to prove otherwise. So luckily I was able to get money from my dad and I was able to pay the 9,000 Rand. I wonder how many other people in this town who don't have a parent who's gonna lend them some money, what would they do? 
genuinely. I'm asking it not in a patronizing way. I'm saying, I'm sorry, I'm a lucky, lucky Cape Tonian. What about other Cape Tonians who are going through trauma because of not their fault, the city's fault, and a system which says it's an independent organization that looks after the customer, I read it to you, but doesn't actually in practice. And this isn't the end of it because it now gets even more bizarre. I get an email at the beginning of this month, not apologizing, not saying, you know, we've reviewed your evidence and actually we're finding in your, they simply state Department of Water, credit to this account. In other words, we are finding in your favor, Jason, but credit the account and I'm closing the case. I want to ask another question. An ombud doesn't close a case until action has been demonstrated by the guilty parties. Now, I'm, I'm again, I mean, you might say, I don't know what I'm talking about, maybe, but I do have a master's in negotiation, conflict resolution and peace studies. So I believe I might know a little bit about mediation and what an ombud so must you, do. You've got a bit of a, um, a heads up there against the ordinary citizen out there who doesn't have this knowledge. And Correct. I know that, this, that yours is not the only case. So it's very mm -hmm. important here for people to understand what the steps are and what their rights are um, if there is no. a conflict. So let's talk about that. An ombud doesn't close a case until both parties are happy. That's the bottom line. When I say happy, I'm not saying I must be uh, looked after. I'm not saying anything like that. But let's go back to the water department is guilty for putting in a faulty meter, wasting 8,000 rands worth of water and not fixing it. That's the bottom line. I was forced to pay that money. So surely that money should be immediately refunded to me. That would make sense because I was forced to pay it. Otherwise, they were cutting it off. Do you know that when I contacted the ombud, I wrote, I'll, I'm sharing that, um, what, I, what I wrote to them, I explained, I said, you know, they haven't, they haven't given me the money back. And this is the most bizarre part. The person phoned me, didn't put it in writing, even though I asked for it, and I've got that also in writing. I said, please put this in writing to me. She said, go in, stand in the queue, request the refund, and wait six to eight weeks for it. And it's not my job to do this for you. So I said, well, then what is your job? She says, well, it's, it's not in my job description. That's literally the response I got. Then I'm confused about what, what are you calling yourselves if you're an ombud? And you're saying you don't have the power to do anything. And I've been wronged. And I've been forced to pay 8,000 Rand. But you're not going to force them to pay it back to me immediately. I'm confused. So now I'm, I'm throwing it back to you. I'm saying, would you be confused? Because to date, I still haven't been refunded my money. How long has it been, um, Jason? Um, so this, so I'm to just show you because I've got it here. So on May the 3rd, so I, I keep things of everything. Here's my city of Cape Town account, my um, one. And on May 3rd, they credited the account. But in terms of paying me back the money which I was forced to pay, unless I go in, I'm not going to be able to get that money back. 
And unless I stand in a queue, unless I fill out a form, so let's start to think of all these problems. I am not the one at fault, but I must again be subjected to the experience I had when I went there the first time and was told just pay or we're cutting you off. Would we not expect some kind of action like we're sorry, you know what? I gave them my bank account details. I gave them the formal letter of my bank, you know, the bank issued letter. So they have that evidence. Surely they should action their fault and demonstrate that they're fixing the problem. Does this make sense? Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Mm. Um, it's it's a very difficult situation when it's very obviously clear that the ombudsman in this in this case is not an independent um, body when it clearly needs to be and Correct. I would dare say that this is part of a much bigger problem because the city of Cape Town is dare I say the best run municipality in the country I'll bite my tongue now and if the city of Cape Town is the best run municipality, one can just begin to imagine the frustrations that people must have in the other municipalities where for all intents and purposes, their infrastructure have, has failed. Yeah. But no, it doesn't make what's point. happening here, it doesn't make it right. And, and I just want to make a, a point about justice and restorative justice. You know, we encourage, seriously encourage people to engage in a meaningful manner that stops the, the frustration. And if we're not going to do that and we're not going to hold parties accountable, then no offense, but nothing actually happens. So yes, my account may be credited, but you're being disrespectful when you're not returning the you made me pay or cut me off. And, and so we've got to be very clear around these kinds of challenges. But I'm wanting to say the following. I am lucky I had the money available via loan to do this. I am seriously worried about other Cape Tonians that might have gone through similar experiences who don't have access to the money and have been through lack of water, lack of electricity and treated disrespectfully. That is what I am very worried about. And, and then, so what is your what is your advice to someone now there there clearly are other people out there and because of your experience um your secular qualifications you knew exactly what to do so what is your advice for anyone out there who's currently got this experience what do they need to have in place what do they do well, uh, thanks for asking, because number one, please have evidence. That's clear. And what is evidence? You know, we all have phones. We all have a little bit of an opportunity to take a photo of something, take a video of something. Please do that. If you see there's a water problem, take a photo of that problem. Take a video of that problem. Number one, it records the date and it records the time. And it's for people to be able to see what is actually happening. Take those photos, keep those photos. And then secondly, do everything in writing like me. I don't want to have a phone call. I want to have an email, why? Because I need proof of our engagement and our interaction. So email 
each other so that you get that proof. Now, interestingly enough, I emailed the mayor. I emailed the head of supposedly the ombud, which did is you, Did you get a ombud. response? Amazingly, I got a generic response saying they will respond to me in 24 hours. Well, today is the 22nd of May, and that was a few weeks or a week ago. So, no, they don't respond in 24 hours. But at least you've got proof you tried. That's where I'm going here. What I'm trying to say in my case is I haven't won. I haven't been given my money back. They've said they're wrong. That's the key difference. But I haven't got my money back. What I do have is I have everything in writing. So later on when they say, I, the mayor, never received anything in writing, I can say, you're lying. I sent a mail on the 10th of December. Does that make sense? What you need to yeah. do is have evidence here and then share that evidence through things like Twitter, Facebook. Why? Don't say a story. Don't write a story there. Rather, supply the evidence, the photos, the videos, because then it's not interpretation-based. It's actually evidence-based. And it says to people, this is actually happening to you. Does that make sense? I think that's an important thing, you know, because first of all, I understand that people get very frustrated and your first instinct is to want to simply be vindictive and, you know, we live in a world of misinformation, especially on the, on the internet, especially on social media, you know, on places like Facebook, like Twitter, people become keyboard warriors very, very quickly. Um, and very often it's not based on fact. So the key take, take home from what you're saying here is make sure that when you do take to social media, make sure you've got facts in place and that you are not spreading hearsay um, or disinformation. That's very, very important. Yeah. And I want to maybe just add to this. So um, I've been um, spoke, well, I've spoken to people I, I did studying with. And they're taking this and they're creating three case studies that they're going to be using for master's students. And the first one actually gets re released tonight, um, which is their, their daytime. And it's called failedcityofcapetown.org. And what it does is it's, it asks the question, is this a failed city of Cape Town or not? So look at the evidence and it asks everyone to go through what I submitted to the city of Cape Town. And then it asks, you'll see in, in the next two case studies, it's the actions that happen post that with all the evidence. And it gives people an opportunity to see how you use evidence and how you actually document things and how you prove that you've contacted, for example, all these people, but they haven't responded to you, um, even though they say they'll contact you in 24 hours, those kinds of things. So to me, it's critical that we really, really look at opportunities to share how we deal with these kinds of challenges in a meaningful way. Bearing in mind, I haven't got my money back, but at least what I'm trying to say is, I don't want other people who don't even have electricity and don't even have water to suffer further. I want at least that they get their respect and their dignity back. For me, this is about dignity. And I really want to know that Cape Tonians who have financial challenges are not treated in a disrespectful manner. So just to sum up, 
um, our conversation. In an ideal world, in an ideal world, I know we're far from where it needs to be. What should happen in a case where you have a dispute, whether it's water or electricity with the city of Cape Town, in an ideal world? I think that we've, we've agreed that, and I, and I say it out of sort of respect, but the ombud is not unfortunately objective. So it's not functioning. And I think what has got to happen is that there has to be an independent body that you are allowed to ask to interact on your behalf against these kinds of situations. So there should be an independent ombudsman. There should be an independent water regulator that is actually going to get in there and deal with the problem and actually uh, get a response and get, for example, your refund, get your water reconnected. Um, acknowledge that in actual fact, the department put in a faulty meter that has wasted 8,000 rands worth of water. Those kinds of things which actually need to be done. Um, let me just have a look at some of the comments here. So, Johan is saying that he's being charged for a 20 millimeter pipe um, when he, in fact, has got a 15 millimeter pipe and the city said it would be sorted out last July. So, what would you suggest Johan does? I, I think that you've got to now take on them. And so, you've got to go, unfortunately, onto Twitter and start to share this because then you're going to get some action. Whereas if you actually just uh, speak directly to a department or email them, they don't even respond. And I've got evidence they don't respond. So actually engage with a social platform, take photographs of those things, put them on Twitter and say, City of Cape Town, this is what you've done. Let everyone know about it. Share it with everyone. And, and that's what we need to start doing. So that kind of frustration of the piping it's not what you've got, but yet you're being told that's what you have. That makes sense. Um, let's just see. Okay, so Cara says we have to hold them accountable. How? How do, how do we hold our city officials accountable? Well, if, if, if anything, the ombud is supposed to speak directly to the manager, the city manager. And... When I contacted the ombud, I said, if I want to lay a complaint against you, how do I do it? Well, you have to go to the city manager. Well, I did that. I supplied all the evidence. I submit, submitted it to them. I got an immediate response saying, we'll be back in 24 hours. That was exactly one week ago. So 24 hours have come and gone. And unfortunately, the city manager is overarching of the ombud. I think we already start to see a subjective process in that alone. So I could, if I wanted to, take legal action. I'm not going to waste the money. But I'm happy now to share this experience with people just to show other things. So I agree. I, am I going to go and stand in the queue and go through all of that trauma again? I cannot. I physically cannot deal with that again. I, it was the most humiliating experience to begin with. So the good, it's a good question. Where to from here? For me, I would love to know because I've literally buffered everywhere. From Helen Zilla to Don Plateau to the city of Cape Town to even local government water. They've all been contacted by me and no one has responded. And I've got proof of that, I repeat. But I want to make the point here. I would rather we at least 
start fighting. That's what we've got to do against this behavior. And we've got to share it with everyone and share it online and share it on Twitter so that we're not alone because it is a traumatic experience. And I'm saying it kindly, but it has been a traumatic experience for me. Um, and I, I just ask people to think about just, um, that's why you'll see some of the advice on their website that they've done is how to actually lodge a complaint and how to go forward with it. Noting that it might not be positive, but at least do it. So don't say I'm not going to do it, do it. Because the more we do it, the more evidence that becomes available later on if we want to have them audited. I think that was a key learning for um, from today's conversation is um, is evidence. You know, whatever you do, make sure it's based on evidence and not on hearsay. Don't thumb suck. Um, make sure you take pictures. Make sure you take videos. Make sure that you have things in writing. Um, and if you have to go the route of a telephone conversation, make sure that conversation is recorded so that you have something um, on record that you can produce as evidence. Jason, is there anything you wanted to say in, in closing? No, I'm just, I, I ask people to just give themselves and others dignity by taking things on that are not fair and making sure that we at least try together communally work so that others who are subjected to it, who don't have our resources, are not disrespected. That's what I want. So thank you very much for this engagement. I really appreciate it. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for sharing your story and thank you for the advice. Thanks everyone for watching and please do share this because I think it is valuable information for all water and electricity users out there because from time to time we do have glitches. Thanks for watching everyone and bye for now.